Good evening. Welcome to what we can officially call the Cardome, unofficially call the Cardome Studio. <laughs> we've we've moved. Um, we went from the church office, which was kind of cramped, to being here at Cardome. And when we got here, they had all kinds of this professional equipment set up for us and everything. It's amazing. That should be a post picture of the new studio. Yeah, I was just getting uh, things set up. So today is uh, Friday, April 24th. That's Friday of the second week of Easter. We're getting ready for the third week of Easter. Um, I think it's Friday. It's, sometimes it's hard to know what what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> another Groundhog Day. It's an, another Groundhog Day. I'm glad to have everybody with us tonight. Looks like we've got, I don't know, about 15 people so far. Oh, nope, dropped down to eight, nine. It was a 15, dropped off. Maybe they didn't like the, the Glenn the Campbell. Glenn Campbell. The How Glenn... can you not like Glenn Campbell? Come on. That was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, actually Dallas's, Dallas's pick for uh, music. Uh, Father Lynn wanted to go with Mendelssohn. We'll do that next week. Uh, there was like too many things to choose from. It didn't tell me what his, what his all-time best song was. So, so we'll, we'll start over with, hey, welcome to Cardome Studio. We moved out here to get more space. It's Friday, April 24th, the Friday of the second week of Easter, and we're here for Deacons Discussing Doctrine. I'm Deacon Tim. Deacon Dallas. And Father Lynn. And uh, just a quick shout out, I saw this on Facebook today, so I hope they're listening or they're viewing, but uh, today is Linda and Jason Berry's 21st anniversary. All right. Congratulations. 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 21 years living with Jason's. Tough. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> You're going to get right in there. Uh, <clears throat> we, my wife just texted me and says we can't get the show because earlier today... <laughs> Cable got chopped up. My, my fiber optic line coming into my house got chopped up, severed. So um, she needs to learn how to use the uh, hot spot. Hot spot. hope she's not listening. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to talk about life. Um, we're just going to get right into it. Um, you know, life today I think is, uh, is a little bit different than it was just two months ago. Um, but this kind of came about, this topic kind of came about because we had, uh, uh, a comment from a listener about contraception. And I, th- I think one of the things we didn't want to do is we didn't want to just talk about contraception we wanted to talk about life too and how contraception is obviously a, a important part teaching of the church but how it all kind of ties together without you know without saying it's not not important because it is obviously very important uh, and now you know in today's world in today's culture and what's going on in the world today the culture of life is even more important because because we're living in the culture of death <laughs> It, it's true, you know, and one of the things that Dallas and I were talking about earlier before Father got here is, you know, it used to be, you know, if politically if I was aligned with somebody, then I had something in common with them and I could talk to them about it. But today there's another angle to it, and that is maybe I align with you politically, but I'm getting a paycheck, you're not getting a paycheck, so your view on this pandemic is completely correct, different from mine. Yes. And so now we've got not just this diversity of um, 
politics, but we have this diversity of, of work and pay, uh, and it adds a, another uh, complexity to to things that that I don't, you know, we're missing out on our our church, our, our time on the weekends to to really hear the word of God, you know, as as a as a as a community, and we throw in this dynamic, and I think it really has has changed a lot of things for a lot of people. Yeah, for the Pope, he mentioned today in regarding to be aware of the the new kind of pandemic of uh, losing job, furlough, hunger. It's a real thing. Um, you know, I work with uh, Transform Scott County right now. It's, a, it's really a pandemic. We don't have enough funding to support family that need food. Um, so, you know, we hope to pursue some type of funding through the government. They also have the GoMe Fund try to hope him enough to sustain just Scott County. Just imagine since our simple Scott County, that's what we're facing right now. And you know, it's it's no longer the matter this this coronavirus is interesting, it's a virus, but it's penetrated deep into the the real life of people's life. You know, it's beyond the understanding of uh, you know, oftentimes in political conversation we talk about abortion, contraception, fine. But now it's a different kind of contraception, you know. It's 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 hinder family families that desperately need survival. So very important to consider. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing, you know. We didn't talk about current events, but I'm sure we'll get to that later on. But one of the things that that I've seen a lot on the news feeds lately are these traffic jams going into food banks. I mean, have you all seen? Oh yeah, you've seen those. Um, I also read a read an article today that that. Starvation is going to be a big uh, result of this pandemic mm-hmm. across the world, not, and not just not just in Africa, but possibly even even here in the United States, uh, because the pork producers and the beef producers they're having trouble keeping their people employed because a lot of people are scared to work right now, and so they're not processing as much beef and cattle. Well, that that has dramatic effects on the supply chain and it backs things up in this country. Uh, obviously you talked about financially transforming in Scott County, but you, you just apply that worldwide to some of these countries that were already starving anyway. I mean, it, it it's, it's going to be a serious issue. Serious issues. And, and it's a life issue. That's what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. And I know it's a worldwide thing, but I was thinking, having a conversation with somebody the other day about, just Georgetown in general, uh, we don't know the full effects, and we won't for a while, but we will eventually find out. Try to try to imagine all the tax money Georgetowns are losing from all the unemployment <coughs> and the benefits they provide for people. It seems, just seems like down the line their budget's going to be cut major, you know. No, it's just like UK laid off how many people, you know. No, fur, furlough's the new uh, word of the word, word of the word day. day right? Word of the day. So you know how to you know how to as the as the church, as the Catholic Church, you know how do we sustain um, not just the, the people in our parish and the people that are hurting in our parish, but also in the community. You know that's that's where we gotta we really gotta work. And it, unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to donations. Correct. You know it it it's it, it, it's a challenge as as for me as a priest is to encourage people 
and to remind folks the issue that we're talking about here is bigger you know, than, than the functionality of our parents alone. And today, you know, in, to alone, I allocate some funding over to Transform Scott County, you know. And I trust the, the administrator on, on that end would do their job. And, and it, un unfortunately, that's what we are facing. So, you know, at the authentic Christian Catholic, we are working in that dynamic. And our people need to be aware of that. It is not as simple as contribution to make sure we keep the lights on or the ministry working, but now how we support. You know, I have a gentleman came to me today, uh, yesterday, and he literally said, Father, can you help me? And he say, I have no job. Um, do you have a job for me to do? At the same time, you maintain social distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can give you a job. I can help you connect some connection. Uh, I say, you so saw pizza delivered. They have a job there. You know, I can have some fun to support you, my family, utility, that kind of thing to keep your lights on. Um, you know, it, it's very tough. It's not as simple as... So the, the idea is that, you know, each and every parishioner need to be aware this magnitude, you know, one of the issues, God love, you know, I, I, nothing against, but sheer, yeah, it's great. What are you doing? It's wonderful. Protected this, this pandemic. But at the same time, you know, he, he, he tell, encourage people to go to drive through, uh, support local restaurant. These people have no money. <laughs> you know, not just saying it. They, they don't have food on their table. How can you kind of drive to a restaurant or support a restaurant? So, so it's, it's, uh, it's for, for me, I think as a church, it, it reminds us that what Jesus been through for us, and he, the line that always hit me is, pick up your cross and follow me. Hmm. It's a cross. And, and we have to bear that cross with each other, you know? Absolutely. And I think uh, definitely one of the things that we can do that we've been doing for a long time is, uh, you know, fill the truck mm -hmm. uh, more needed more now than, than ever. Uh, it's on the, the news notes. If you get those, you can check to see what uh, Larry and Don are doing at the store to collect, collect, collect food, food and donations. We need, we need to really put that on overdrive at this point and really support that even more. Uh, but we also have to do things for our own parish so that we that we can give that support, just like you talked about that to, to trans, transform uh, in Scott County. So, what are you going to say? Um, bearing the cross. I mean, that's easy to say, but when it comes your way, nobody wants to bear it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> you know? Natural reject. Natural reaction is to reject it. You know, and that, and that goes for everybody. I mean, nobody wants to suffer, and uh, me included. But it uh, it's something we're all called to do, actually. But that was a piece I, I'd want to share with you guys. Uh, was very powerful. Um, you know, the diocese are facing with Catholic school, all right? And they, they have a formula as they work their way down toward furlough and then uh, cut out um, health care, especially salary pay. And priests and principal very upset about it, you know, say, then we have a Zoom meeting. It was on... Uh, Tuesday, 
was wonderful. It is an eye opening that we actually collaborate with each other, and we're gonna persevere through it. You know, parents can help each other, help the school sustaining, not just a school per se, but help individual that work hard for the school, and we cannot cannot not let them not have any health care. And we do whatever it takes. It was a wonderful witness that the group of leadership and let go of, of, of the system calculation per se, but really talk through, and I was found a profound experience. So, so in, in every sector, every possibility, we have to bear that cross with each other. So it's very important. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the things that I keep pushing uh, for the last four weeks, and I, I, I'll put it up on the screen here in just a little minute just to remind everybody that ssfj.org, uh, if you're not giving online, that's the easiest way to give. Uh, actually, I just I just set us up this week on that. So it was very easy. So uh, I encourage everybody to do, do that. Obviously, if, if you're unemployed or if you're furloughed now, um, you know, you have to look, you have to look at your family first right. and foremost. Um, but for those that aren't, you know, uh, do what, do what you can. And, you know, we'll, I don't want to sound like Andy Bashir and say, well, you know, we're going to get through this together, but that's what church is all about. It's about community. And, you know, it, when we talk about life, one of the things we talk about, what's the purpose of life, right? And if you, okay. uh, what is the purpose of life? Well, the purpose of life, <laughs> if you pick up this book, the catechism, and you go to paragraph, <laughs> One, <laughs> it's the most important thing, right? The life of man to know and love God. Okay, so that's what the purpose of life is. It's the purpose isn't to uh, to develop riches, uh, to be uh, necessarily successful. It's to come to to know and love God. And and during this time, this during this pandemic, I think that's one of the things that's uh, might be a little bit easier to do in a, in a roundabout sort of way. I think exactly. you can come to know and love God because. You see God's face in your neighbor, right? And who you do interact with, and obviously, you know you're closest with your families. Um, but social media, with its big black eye that it's had for so long, I think has really helped us. Uh, helped us, obviously, at the church level, it's helped us stay connected with uh, with our online uh, rites and stuff, with mass and, and adoration and those things. Um, we've got the rosary that we do. What else? What else do we have? Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and so, you know that through that social media, we try to keep the 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 whole community still engaged, and we're and we're touching a lot of people. Your videos are obviously a, a big part of that. You're getting out and talking to people, and uh, great video this morning. If you haven't seen it, go go check it out. Yeah, the bells. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Yeah. Um, I believe that first, you need to tell Andrew Willett that that first bell is St. Aloysius. Aloysius. Now, he, I don't know how he pronounced it, but he didn't say Aloysius. And the reason I know that is because my wife's home parish is St. Aloysius in <laughs> Peewee Valley. So, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good way for us to stay uh, connected. You know, and if folks out there have ideas about how do we can increase that, that ministry, oh, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, we'd like, to hear, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, obviously, the, you know, we ask, we ask for questions, we ask for topics, but we also want your ideas. You know, how can, uh, you know, 
as clergy sitting here, not just as clergy, but you know, how can this church help service the needs of our parish and in, in a greater sense, the community? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's, you know, we're talking about the purpose of life, getting to know God and uh, what better way through the mass people's longing to get back to the Eucharist. That's the best way to know God right there. But uh, it'll come. It'll come in time. Well, actually, I, I, I hope I talked to Ms. Burns this morning, hoping to do a series of videos, to, first of all, to celebrate. Unfortunately, you know, First Communicant is sad. They could not receive confirmation. It's not. That was today. That was supposed to be tonight. That was to be tonight. And so and we have a group of RCIA, not able to join the church yet, but I hope to do a series of those conversations, uh, how to know God more through the sacrament. Uh, hopefully we make it happen. So to kind of, it, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to have a little time perhaps as a family to really reflect on it, yes? Sometimes we take it for granted, the Eucharist. You remember, you know, that, that's, you know people just receive but never think about it, but now we don't have it. You know, the only thing we have is spiritual. So I think it's interesting from the life point of view, the spirits lead, right? Lead us in everything we do. Yeah, last year, I, I really missed, I was hoping to do it this year, Miss Burns' class. Met with them last year and walked them step by step through the Mass. Mm-hmm. That was an enjoyable time, but didn't happen this year. Yeah, make making comments on here that, you know, can we have an episode or, and I'll add this or two about the sacraments, you know, yes. obviously Megan's first communion, teaching first <clears throat> communion, uh, you know, that, that separation and the sacraments is the life of the church. I mean, it's it, the normal way we receive grace, the sacrament. And, and, you know, I was talking to, uh, Jim Colley, let me in here tonight, you know, and, uh, you know, that's the first thing that he said is he's longing for communion. That's right. You know? And for for us, I mean, I, I feel I told Kelly this uh, tonight. I think it was that that I feel so blessed and fortunate that we get to receive communion, uh, and it's something that I never really thought of until us, you know, because we always take it for granted, right? It's just something you take for granted. And we touched on this in, the, in a couple of the other episodes, you know, you know, funerals. I think you had a funeral this week, right? Uh, you know, although funerals not a sacrament. Last rites is a sacrament, but but funeral funeral is not a sacrament. But you know the ability to to uh, celebrate these sacraments is something that we've taken for granted for so long that it becomes almost rote, right? You go to and you go to mass and you don't think about the prayers. You just you say them, but you don't think about them. And maybe that's a way the social media can help us. If you're you know at home and you're you're watching a mass on, on live stream, you can really maybe pay attention to what, what the words are. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the Mass, mm-hmm. a lot. Well, another point, too, I want to bring to in relate to the sacrament is the church. I think the, our people have forgotten the teaching of the church in regarding to domestic church. You know, it should begin at home. And now we've got plenty of time. Everything we do and how to build that church and 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 that will bring toward the sacrament itself. So yeah. it's very significant opportunity. Yeah, the domestic church, just like what who who is the primary educator of a child's faith? 
Mom and dad. Mom and dad. Yeah. A lot of people would say it's the church. The church, yeah. The priest, the deacon. Mom, mom and dad. Mom and dad. The first primary educators is mom and dad. And you got a lot of time now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot of time I, I see uh uh, I see a lot of posts on Facebook, obviously, about parents getting involved in their kids with their kids and doing things in a lot of different ways, and it's it's good to see that. And that, mm-hmm. that's it's part of being church, right? I mean, that's part of spending time with your kids and, exactly. and coming to know them and and appreciate them in a different way. It doesn't mean that they're not going to get on your nerves sometimes. I mean, anytime, I mean, and we're starting to see that across the world too, right? Domestic violence is on the increase because people are spending so much time together. Exactly. It and it it really has caused a, a shift, uh, especially like if you think about it, if you have a, a spouse that's out working and one that's not, and they're at home and the not dynamics of that. So the spouse comes home who's working and they just want to, you know, relax and chill. And the person that's stuck at home wants to, you know, be engaged and do stuff. It, and it's just, those dynamics have just completely changed in the family, even spending time with your kids. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting time, you know, take the time to, to spend with your with your family and your kids in a different way. Uh, and I would definitely encourage folks to, uh, when it comes to the sacraments and especially to Mass, uh, you know, use the resources that we, we put out uh, on a weekly basis to, to participate uh, with the Mass and then listen to the prayers. Uh, so, so you're saying the five years, since we're the lucky ones we get to receive, the five years that we spent in class together was worth it? It was worth it. <laughs> it was definitely worth it. We only did five years, have you? Yeah. You did eight? Well, eight, eight, eight years. Eight years. So uh, didn't think that was going to be the payback, but <laughs> I, guess it, I, guess it, I guess it can be. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about culture of, of life. Obviously, you know, feeding the hungry is something that comes to mind, you know, that we just talked about uh, in our parish and in our community, first and foremost. Um, and if you've got things, you know, if you, if you know a family that's in need in our parish, you need to let the office know. Yes, please do. Uh, you know, that we've got some resources that are available there, uh, not just through the parish, but also through the Knights of Columbus. Uh, you know, Scott Carter's kind of taking the ball and run from a community aspect point of view. So make sure that if you are in need or, you know, someone who, who's in need, make sure they call the office, talk to, to Terry, I guess, and, uh, we'll, we'll get some aid out to folks that, that need it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, traditional topic of life, uh, contraception. It's like you say that word and the listener count goes down to 12. Oh, I just see Jason Barry just joined. Sorry. He was out mowing and he's late. So he didn't hear happy anniversary, Jason and Linda. Linda. Congratulations. She survived 21 years with you. <laughs> so let's talk about contraception, marriage, life. Um, Do you want me to read the email, the question? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. You okay with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because we already talked about this the last couple of episodes. It's been brought up, but somebody sent an email, and then afterwards it was... Just get closer to that mic. Okay. okay. Last week you explained why contraception is wrong. A person only needs to read the encyclical Humanae Vitae to know that Pope Paul VI predicted all the evils that would result from all of the contraception. Was he right? Question mark. Look at the climbing rates of divorce, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, 
pornography, and other sexual sins. Surveys have shown that 85 to 90% of Catholic fertile couples use some form of contraception. Our Blessed Mother told St. Jacinta in Fatima that more souls go to hell from sins of the flesh than any other sin. Sister Lucia was asked years later what was meant by the sins of the flesh, and Sister Lucia said it was sins of the Sixth and Ninth Commandments, which is adultery and thou shalt not covet. In the book of Genesis, we read on Onan was killed for a contraceptive act. Why then do we not hear much about the sinfulness via mortal sin from the majority of shepherds, be they in marriage prep instructors, RCIA instructors, religious ed instructors, deacons, priests, bishops, and parents, and any others who may be instructing the faithful. It seems this is the best kept secret in the Catholic Church. When my wife and I taught natural family planning, we were asked in almost every class, why haven't we heard this before now? We have heard much about the scandals of the clergy abuse for several years. I asked, might some of this stem from the use of contraception? Well, there's many questions in there. That was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to start? I mean, that's... uh... Well, I mean, I'll start if you want, but... Uh, well, should we start the same way we started the last discussion? What's the purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage is from the catechism point of view? Well, I, I didn't look I, that up. I'm not going to read it. I didn't look that up. I can, though. But if you want to start talking while I'm looking it up, go ahead. purpose of marriage is to the, the uh, overall good of the spouse and the raising and education of children is the purpose of marriage. And the good of the spouse and the children is one thing. Drawing closer to God and going to heaven. Now it's not going to be worded just like I said. In the uh, you were pretty close. <laughs> what does it say? You got it there? Yeah, it says uh, the marital covenant by which a man and a woman establish between themselves a partnership of the whole of life is by its nature ordered toward the good of the spouses and the procreation and education of offspring. This covenant between baptized persons has been raised by Christ the Lord to the dignity of a sacrament. So there you go. I mean, he was pretty close. Do you have the whole catechism memorized? Hey, no, the but pro- I'm sure I read the wood it. procreation. <laughs> you forgot that. He, he didn't say procreation. He didn't did say it? procreation. Yeah. I mean, some people would say the, the purpose of marriage is to procreate. It's only about half of part it. Of it yeah. Right. And, and important, <clears throat> an important part of it. It's one of the questions that's asked during, during uh, the ceremony. Right? Will you, I'm not going to say this wrong. You probably had that memorized too, Dallas. You might have. What's do you know what the word? What's the question? The exact question? Do you accept? Will you will you accept children lovingly from God? Is it something mm-hmm. like and raise them up according to the yeah. faith? Even in uh, marriage prep, you know that's one of the uh, prenuptial investigation. That's ask, and if the answer is no, the interview stops right there. <laughs> now your marriage, and a lot of people might ask, well, what about an older couple or somebody that can't? Well, in a marriage, in the conjugal act, it, it doesn't have to produce life, but every single conjugal act has to be open to life. It has to be both unitive, and just by the word itself, you know what that means, unitive and open to life, every sexual act between a married couple. Yeah. And I think in today's culture, when we talk about you know 
life. We ask people, what's the purpose of life? Not the purpose necessarily of marriage, but the purpose of life. A lot of people respond to that. And they want to feel good. Mm-hmm. It's about how they, they feel as, as people and as, as individuals. And so it's so easy to take that, that cultural aspect, and apply that to the conjugal act, right? It's just about making myself feel good. And, you know, I think if, if, you, if you go down that road, then it ends in a very bad place because if that's the only purpose, then when you're not feeling good about yourself, then you just walk out the door. And that's what we see, right? That's mm-hmm. what we see in, in, in marriage today or even in relationships today when, when people aren't getting what they feel like is the purpose, they just walk away. And we've well, created a culture of that. Yeah. But emphasize the word culture. <clears throat> the culture for us, all the time, the culture of, if you read uh, St. Augustine, culture of man and city of man and city of God, it's very significant because the culture for us is it, it, enveloped in the culture of God. Okay? And, and if you look at the Genesis, it's read God create. So the procreation it reflects upon the creativeness of what God gives us. Okay, sin is shut off the opportunity to be created. So therefore, the, 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 the modern culture, there is a, the separation between my life and what the church imposed on me. That's how they say a lot of that, right? And so even in a sexual act, they say it's my act. You see, but they never see the grassroots of that act. It geared toward you know, the act that God gave us. You see, it, it, that's the danger of it. What happened when, when the culture that, that isolates from the wisdom of God becomes Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, that's what is happening. And so I think that the, the spirit of the church is still thriving alive, but the unfortunate is the, the level of catechetical formation has been disjointed, you know, as this sexual revolution established, you know, back in the 70s, and it made its way to the church up until now, um, the wisdom of church had been, been isolated, perhaps, or been disregarded. Um, so it's it natural that's what happened in regard to humana vitae, you know, the church fully aware the danger you know, when, when we, we not incorporate the wisdom of God through the biblical heritage, you know, we are Christian. We are biblical tradition. And if that is not part of the, the human mind, of the human conversation, naturally we see what is developing right now. You know, the segregation and separation and divorce and, and on and on and on. You know, there's a lot of that. So... The church fully aware, you know, of, of that concern. So, but, but for me, is that how, how to recapitulate that wisdom back to our people in a way they understand, um, you know, that's what I go back to uh, St. Irenaeus, the glory of God when humanity becomes fully alive. Alive that means, you know, when we truly live for the good of what God called me to be. That will make God happy, you know? And so that's very important to incorporate in that. But, you know, from that email, I say, yeah. Uh, that email is not wrong, but, uh, but it, it, it's difficult to address that issue because 
because there's so multiple layers. You know, recently there, there was a, if you all follow USCCB, uh, U.S. Catholic Conference of Bishops of the United States, and they, the last meeting they had, and there was a question among the bishops as, what is the top priority in our mission right now? You know what was the vote on? Against abortion. Abortion is what? It's contra life. True. Life is our business. You know, if that is not at the, the, the fundamental of the human spirit, then everything goes, right? The word contraception itself means exactly. against life. A life against life. Contra, against, exception, life. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know... Before- and that's why the abortion rate, is, believe, has gone up. Because once you're against life... When a pregnancy happens, it's now not wanted. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of it. See, that, that's what happened. You know, the, for, for the church, oftentimes in the secular world, in the political, they isolate the matter. You know what I'm saying? Abortion or not abortion. But for us, abortion affecting, right? Affecting the mother that being abort, uh, is aborting, affecting the family, affecting uh, affect the whole society. You know, that is what we call it communal good. It's affecting all, all the time. So therefore, I'm not surprised for the U.S. bishops of the United States to vote on it. You know, they're not talking about immigration. It's important. Yes, it is. They're not talking about, uh, you know, legal marijuana. Yeah, it's important. But, not. but if abortion is a cent, if not the centrality, of everything that we leave, what God destined. Guess what? Everything goes. Right? It, but wasn't that vote was controversial, though, right? Very yeah. controversial. So was it 69 bishops voted? No? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, to me, that's, that shows that we've, we've got not just a crisis in our culture, we've got a crisis in our church, too. Oh, right? yes, sir. You know, and, and I, you know, that's, I, that's part of it. Yeah. I was I never even thought about this before, but uh, uh, I was listening to somebody's blog the other day, and they brought up the fact. And when they brought this up, I sat back and go, "Wow, I never thought about that before." Um, since the use of the major use of contraception started in the '60s, we have a whole generation. You know, I, I was born in 1961, and I'm 58 now. So, in my whole generation, and when you've got 90% of the population using contraception, you have a whole generation that has never had to practice self-control. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and self-control and is... And that's why of- things like abortion, pornography, and... Well, divorce. And divorce. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that we, we talked about that before, about you know people see... I mean, Kelly and I have been married 30-something years, 30 years, be 30, be 30 years... Say, well, we want to be like you and Kelly. You all never, you all never have arguments. <laughs> Dallas, do you and Sherry ever argue? No, we we don't argue. You're probably telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. We talk about that sometimes. Do you realize we? Now, I ain't never saying we ain't never been in an argument, but uh, it's been. I can't remember. We just do not argue. But it's not unusual for she married couples. She tells me to what to do. She tells me what to do, and I do it. That's the way to do argument. No, I just <laughs> my point was. Here's what my point was: it's okay to disagree sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not the same people. 
mean, if if we agreed on everything, then we would be the same same people. So you're not saying that you agree all the time with your wife, right. but you all figure you all have a relationship. You you figure out you figured out how to make it work. It wasn't that way from the very first day, right? right? And I think that's that's one of the things that that, that this culture kind of sometimes makes it where it should be that and they think people think it should be that way. It should be just e- it should be easy. We either get along 100% or we don't get along 100%. And, That's know. why we have parties. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets along at parties, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's exactly what, what Pope Francis, his mission always call people toward opportunity to encounter. You know, encounter is not being jolly, argument. You know, I, I'm sharing with you that earlier about, you know, group of us, priests, pastors, and with the, with the school, principal, a superintendent, and we have a Zoom together, who was, was, was a, a great conflict matter, but through a charity of the Spirit, and we're able to resolve possibility, a phenomenon we can deal with it. it. It's a good thing, right? So oftentimes in relationship, it requires to really have a spirit of charity first. Um, and that's a fundamental teach of our church, teaching of our church. So... Important to consider. <laughs> I muted myself. <laughs> I mean, I think you know that that level of charity that you talk about it. It's it has to be in everything that we do. You know, and that's. I was talking to somebody earlier this week about. You know, we have to we have to look at things from other people's perspective, especially now in, in what's going on in the world today. You know, this this pandemic. Because everybody's life has changed. Mm-hmm. And just because you think you have a relationship with somebody, you think you understand where they're at, it's changed. And so you have to you have to be cognizant of that. You have to be aware of that. And you have to approach that relationship and be open for the discussion that something's changed. And I think to me that's one of the you have to that's a way to approach marriage. That's a way to approach your spouse. I mean it was interesting what you said, Dallas, about you know, this generation never had to, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. Self-control. Yeah. Sacrifice, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we're talking about sacrifice. You know, that's that's sometimes hard to to comprehend. You know, the reason for me, I think, one, you, you share your relationship with the church. You know what I'm saying? When you lose not knowing the gift of the Holy Spirit, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, of the sacramental understanding, and, and, and where, where will be, where do you receive the influence, especially young people? You know, they learn from social media. Look at our political matter right now. You know, it's about win or losing. Uh, instead of being, you know, right now there's a movement called uh, severity, you know, to be nice to each other. It's okay we disagree, but respect each other, you know? You don't stand in a public while the president will give the address and, and tear off his paper. You kidding me? That disrespect. And it, it, it cannot happen. So guess what? Millions of people watching TV, especially young people, and I think that's okay. That's not Christian. Hmm. You know, what happened for me is that when we distance ourselves, under, undermine or lose the ability to use the wisdom of the church. 
the teaching of the church, you know, the precept, you know, all, all, all the, the corporate work of mercy. You know, those things, like it or not, make you a better person. <laughs> and draws you closer to God. There you go. Which is the Which purpose of life purpose and marriage. marriage. Both, right? Both. Both. All of it. It, it. it goes together. You know, the, uh, I was thinking of the, the, the irony in the fact that it, it appears that the political divisions have latched onto to go back to work or not to go back to work, mm-hmm. you know, to open up the economy, I should say, or not open up the economy. And it's the, the, the liberal perspective is that we should not open it up too soon because we don't want to cause life to end. Yeah. Ironic. I don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> Very ironic. And so it's a juxtaposition. And, and I, you know, I don't want this show to be political at all, but it is about love. We're talking about life today. So it's, it's interesting. You know, we, we talk about abortion obviously is, is a big thing. Uh, one of the things that I, that I came up with on, uh, current events that I, that I didn't put in my list, but, uh, on the 20th, let's say the 24th on the 20th, the city of New York issued a, a statewide or citywide, I can't remember which one DNR. So if a paramedic rolled up on the scene and there's no heartbeat, they do not resuscitate. doesn't matter if they're 15 years old, 50 years old or 80 years old. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were. Across the board, DNR. Well, the bishops of New York obviously, you know, mm-hmm. protested, and that was rescinded, you know, four days, four days later. But it's it shows you how when things in life change, how our viewpoints change. Exactly. You know, and they shouldn't. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, from a Catholic perspective, pro life isn't just about abortion. Mm-mm. You know, it's about contraception. It's about euthanasia. It's about capital punishment. You know, and if, if you say you're pro-life and you say you're for the death penalty, you and I may disagree on this, I'm not sure. Uh, it, the church does allow the death penalty. Uh, or did that change? That's a, that's a, we had that conversation. Well, he used the word <laughs> inadmissible and yet, he's asked, "What does inadmiss- inadmissible means?" And they, so far, has gotten no response. response. Well, I I like to my my position on on the capital punishment has changed in the last fifteen years. I used to be a big uh, proponent for it, and I've I've changed that really because what I'm saying here is is I think you you have to kind of look at life, and you have to look at it cradle to grave, and you have to have you have to have the perspective because if if you don't. You say, well, well cap- I'm for capital punishment, but I'm not for abortion. To me, that's those are counterintuitive to each other. Exactly. I disagree. <laughs> Do tell. One is innocent life. One is guilty life. I didn't say they were equal. And who pronounced that guilty? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say they were equal. No, I'm saying the church for two thousand years has always taught that capital punishment is not an intrinsically evil act. Didn't use the word Pro- intrinsically right. evil. Okay, but prudentially, the Pope is against capital punishment. Well, and 
and when you think of what's gone on in this country for, you know, the last, you know, 50 years, we've put innocent people to death. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm for capital punishment for that reason. Right. No, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying they're equal. I'm not saying that. The numbers don't support that, right? You think of the number of people that die from capital punishment in, in the U.S. this year will be less than, I think it's 100, roughly. And how many abortions will be in, in the U.S. this year? Do you know? Do you know? A million. <laughs> Millions. At close, yeah. yeah. So well, in one year, a million. Right, so there's this disparity between the number of innocent deaths and deaths that you maybe would say aren't innocent, but... I, do, I just think if 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 we and euthanasia is a, adds a whole other twist to that, which is just to me is just unfathomable. But you either have to be pro life all the way through, because if you start to crack it open just a little bit, then it falls apart. The argument falls apart. Well, the consistency for the Catholic Church, we call it the consistency of life. Okay. When, when, when you address about even capital punishment, yes, yes, it's not an, an intrinsic evil in itself, but there is a reflection upon even in guilty of sin, you know, the salvific love of God is still saved. And so we are not playing God, okay? Yeah. In our doctrine, there there is there will be occasionally it is necessary you know, to end a life. You know, we have that theory in that because when a person is so extremely violent that nothing can be contained. Okay? Right in some cultures, yeah. they can't be contained. Can't be contained. The the penal system, penal system is yeah. so corrupt, mm-hmm. or. And so yeah. we talk about that, you know, it's in our doctrine in, the, in regard to that. Just like just war theory, you know, uh, the whole time it has to have war. Uh, it's, there's no and but about it. it it's necessary. Um, so, you know, the, our doctrine is never extreme, but in the general, when we talk about, we call it, we use the word consistency of life. From, from like you say, from birth to, to grave. To natural death, yeah. yeah. And so that, I mean, for me, it's why the church, you know, to interpret what the church said in that, we totally open ourselves to God, okay? In any possibility we play God, then we're facing Sodom and Gomorrah. That's about it. So a simple solution is that totally open to God. You know, in any act that against the wisdom, the virtue of the the Hebraic tradition of our faith biblically of God, then it's contrary. You know, and so then you know, in 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 ethical argument, oftentimes you know people throw a lot of scenario in there. Yeah, we 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 watch every case very closely. But I got, it, I got it memorized. But it's required. <laughs> I just a, said the know, word a lot comprehensive. So, you know, when you talk about the consistency of life, we talk about that. Um, when you go down nitty-gritty, yeah, let me talk about that. You know, there's a lot of principle uh, that we have to put in consideration. You know, we have all of that in ethical study. Yeah. Any comments, Tim, coming in? Yeah. 
Yeah. I've got the mute button out of the way. I like to mute, <laughs> mute myself in case I make mouth noises or something. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, uh, Barbara Mardell says death penalty is liable according to the CCC, and I wanted to, to read it out of there. But since you've got it memorized, we'll let you do that well, in a second. I'm, I'm just talking about the word in, in, inadmissible from Pope Francis. Yeah. Uh, and a listener, Jeff, says, in the story of the prodigal son, the father loves each son the same, regardless of what each or has or has not done. Our father loves us all in this way. Uh, you know, it's... I mean, I admit, uh, God loves everybody, whether they go to hell or heaven. He loves everybody in hell. <laughs> so he loves the guilty just as much as he loves the innocent. I totally admit that. No, and I... And, Again, I'm not saying that that's not the case. I, th- I think, you know, I, I just, you know, for me, I think my, I was I was formed for the death penalty in 1984. Uh, you probably remember the the Trinity High School murders oh, in Louisville. Uh, absolutely. What you probably don't realize is that uh, one of the Nelson and Stevenson were the two boys that were murdered. Stevenson is alphabetically right above Stout. His locker was right above mine. So I I knew him. Um, And that story is something, uh, I'm not going to go into it right now, but they were both brutally murdered. And the two guys that committed the crime are still on death row. Well, one of them's on death row, one of them's life in prison. Uh, It's a long time ago. You know, and it... To me, you know, I, I started to change my viewpoints partly through uh, formation, deacon formation. Um, but, you know, for me it was real. I mean, I, I thought, these guys need to die. <laughs> they were guilty. Uh, they were both convicted. And it was a heinous crime. Yet today I don't feel the same way. And even uh, one of the families uh, changed their viewpoint on that as well. But, you know, it's, it is a, a, I think it's a big issue today because it has become political, right? One political party views it this way, one, the other political party views it this way. And so you can't, you know, if you're a conservative Republican, you can't be against the death penalty, Right. If we called up our state, you're talking politically. Politically, yeah. So if if you called if we called up our state senator or our state representative or U.S. senator, whatever U.S. U.S. representative, if they're a Democrat, they're going to be against capital punishment. If they're a Republican, they're going to be for it. If they're Republican, they're going to be against abortion, and if they're a Democrat, they're going to be for a choice abortion. So, you know it. I try to try to view it as I'm Catholic. Okay. I'm I'm gonna take the Catholic approach and not the political approach. And I think that's kind of what we're called to do. Oh yeah, we you have to stay within that. Do you guys know, you know, to kill a person, capital punishment is cost more money than for the person to stay in prison for the rest of his or her life. Uh driven, okay? You have an abortion. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, and so it's, it's some interesting fact. Do we, our people, do they know that or not? It's very interesting when I say that. People say, really? Oh, yeah. 
lots of money to kill a person, uh, but leave the person where he or she is for life to discern, it's very, it's, if not tenfold cheaper. Uh, but we don't want to talk about that, okay? Because it's, it's, it's very economic-driven, unfortunately. Well, there, there is obviously, you know, Planned Parenthood very much economically driven, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's not easy. Right in this culture, it's not easy, right? No, but the, I'm looking the, at you, Dallas. It's not no. easy. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted it a response or not. I was waiting for you to add more to it. No, go ahead, respond. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't have a response to what you just said. I thought you was going to add more to it. Like I have a question in there. Well, quote the catechism for us. <laughs> Let me look it up, and I'll quote it. Okay. <laughs> the, it's so thick, and I say you got tabs on this book. I do. To help you get through it, and I didn't bring my glasses, so it's hard for me to hard for me to read read through that. So, not a lot of questions from folks tonight. Love of a neighbor, the first one I come from. That's probably it. Uh, not a lot of questions today. Uh, I think we touched on everything from contraception, NFP. Talked to just briefly about that. Pro life, euthanasia, death penalty, purpose of life. I say life and I said the great divide. And what I meant by that is what we kind of talked about earlier. You know, this this change in our viewpoint based on somebody working, somebody not working, and how they look at how we get back to life. Right. So let's let's just talk a little bit about current events. I don't know if y'all brought anything with you or not, but I, I did. I didn't, but when we I did when we I had another question that has nothing to do with life. Go ahead. Come in. Are we ready for that now? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Go ahead. Well, I had it on my phone, and my phone's my camera, but it, it, somebody <laughs> text, somebody emailed, and I think to him it was on the comment section, but I took a picture of it last week. Um, how, let me think, how was it? Was it about uh, Pastor? Yeah, yeah how I got many years? Yeah, go I ahead, This is, I'm going to do this in my radio voice. Hey, yeah. Father, Tim Dallas, enjoyed the program. A question for another show. How long can a priest be a parish pastor? or even to continue to celebrate Mass. Example, Father Jack Kiefer. Am I saying that right, Kiefer? Yes. Is the pastor of St. Peter in Monticello, and Father Lynn knows him well. Yes. So that's a, t- a double question. Uh, how long, let's start with the easy one. How long can a priest celebrate Mass? Uh, until he die. <laughs> <laughs> or... Forever. <laughs> Forever. Forever. He'll be a priest in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. He'll be a Ho- priest in hopefully heaven. Hopefully heaven. <laughs> and then uh, the second question, how long, I guess, is he is he the pastor at St. Peter? Yes. Has he been the pastor a long time? Mm-hmm. Like forever? Some time, yeah. He, he's, he, you know, he's in his 80s, and he enjoyed down there, and he's a judgment. He's not a diocesan priest. And he'd been assigned down there, and he he do his best to function and to maintain the ministry. So, well, I mean, Father Bush, how many yeah, years is he? Well, in 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 our diocese, there's a policy six years, six year renew. Uh, of course, that with exception, of course, especially priests. Uh, retirement is seventy. Um, if priests are reach seventy in this parish. Normally, they can request for the bishop for them to stay longer. 
Uh, in my case, I'm here, <coughs> Francis and John. This is my 13 years because there were so many disruptions in regarding we tried to build to move the school, uh, move the church, uh, secure Cardone. And so the bishop felt that if I still had that stamina, I should stay, do my best to make sure nothing disrupted. Uh, in regard to Father Jack Kiefer, he'd been there some time um, because, you know, it's, it's been the assignment and he's comfortable with it. So, and he's at age. Granted, you know, he slowed down a lot, uh, but still functioned very well as a, a pastor, as a priest of what he does, ministry. And so that's why he's staying there. There's probably two sides to that question, right? Depends on who asked the question. Right. <laughs> Some people might say, I don't want this priest to leave. Another one might say, when is this guy out of here? Right. <laughs> so the idea, you know, I'm just explaining from the, the protocol. Yeah, you know, like with me, they just love me and hate me. <laughs> Some people look forward for me to leave, and that's fine. But, you know, and we, as the diocese, we look on the big pictures. You know, there's a lot required that accommodate you know, the whole perspective. So got to keep it in, 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 in perspective. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. You, you mentioned Father Bush. Jason Berry says he converted under Father Bush. So must have went through RCIA at Nicholasville, right? Nope. Nicholasville. Yeah, Nicholasville. So, And then Jeff says, I weren't, once heard of a priest being at a parish for 57 years. Yeah. That's, that's a long time. Well, pr- <laughs> To understand, prior to us, this current temple, uh, to this day, we do have diocese that are assigned priests for life. Um, wow. Yes, they were assigned for life until that priest say, I'm done, or the parents say, we are done with him, uh, then the bishop move him. You know, I, like in Covington, they all guys stay in assignment over 25 years already. Uh, so each, each, each diocese has their own criteria, but I'm not surprised. You know, they all guys stay over 50 years. You know, there's a different philosophy described on that. The reason they move priests after 12 years, I, I think it's, it's an opportunity to challenge the priest and to challenge parishioner. But the other schools say if the priest stay longer, he establishes a much more family-oriented, he know everyone, and he, he settled in better. So the, the two schools still debate over that issues. But in a general norm, diocese in, in, in the United States, we only assign six years and six year renew, total 12 years. And the, and the bishop obviously can do whatever he wants, yes. really. I mean, at the end of the day. And so even a diocese that has a, a history of keeping somebody there for a long time, a new bishop comes in, that could change. Correct. You know, even different bishop, like Bishop Gaynor, he more on a move priest when the parish needs it. Bishop John is a lot different. He much more, he's a Franciscan. He believes in the stability uh, to make sure, you know, the, the local parish are grounded. So to move too frequent can be, you know, recently there was, Few priests was about to move in July, and with this uh, coronavirus, and Bishop John decided to put make sure those guys stay exactly where they are. We're not going to move anybody, you know, except one for the hours retiring. Um, so you know that's what Bishop John his style is much more stability. It's important, 
So, like I say, it's on the cyber based on each on local bishop when they come up with that. And it's and it's challenging to oh, yeah. move priest, right? I mean, when you one movement results in a lot of dominoes falling. A lot of dominoes falling. So, so to find a, a, a right priest for a certain parish, it requires a, a almost a psychological compa- you know compatibility too. You know. No, and I think that's one of the things that. Uh, when you when you think about a priest, I mean, a good example would be Father Bob Nieberding, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a, a guy that definitely needs to deserves. Let me say, use the word deserves retirement, but he doesn't. He doesn't embrace retirement, right? You know, he he still celebrates mass. I mean, he's not he's not in a pastor role, but he is in a a vicar general role, a, vicar a very, general role. very yeah. important role. Um, and a lot of Father Bush was another one mm-hmm. that you know, as long as a priest is is willing to continue to give his life at the at the parish level. I think most bishops, unless there's a problem, a medical issue or something like that, most bishops will, will let that happen, won't mm-hmm. they? No, no, in my brother diocese in Fort Worth, they're priests right now, like Father Jack Giefer, you know, in the 80s, and still function as a pastor. Yeah, for those of y'all out there who I'm sure you know Father Bob, me and Tim's gotten to know Father Bob over the last, shoot, it's been eight years, man, now. Eight years. God love you. He's our spiritual director. We meet at his house for the last eight years. They don't get better than Father Bob. You know. Well, you meet at and his he, house. But, I, I meet at his office. Yeah. I, I think but he likes sometimes me, me and Tim think we're, he, we're his spiritual director. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Talk, great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Talks over the old times when he first became a priest and was the principal of Lexington Catholic. No, I mean, you know, a guy that's given his, his life to the church, uh, literally almost gave his life to the church too. Uh, when Bishop Gaynor was installed, he was in a coma after being the administrator. So just a, just a great story. Uh, he's written his memoirs. I think we've, yeah, we've read, read them. Have you, have you no, had a chance? He's supposed to give me a copy, but I haven't seen it <laughs> I, yet. I uh, he when he gave him to me, I scanned it, so I have a copy. I'll I'll get it to you. I told him he needed to call Father Jim Sitchko and have him do a uh, publish it, because uh, you know Father Jim's got all kinds of money, right? Or he has access to he has resources. So you know, go let him publish twenty copies of it. And oh. Father Bob can sign them and give them out. Not bad idea. But I think when he gave it to us and read it, uh, I think we've already heard every one of those stories in the memoirs. <laughs> Great guy. You know, I heard a lot of good things about. Uh, Father Bush, obviously. I don't. I don't know Father Father Jack uh, Kiefer. J- Jackie Stewart says they love him. They just they were worried about whether there was a mandatory retirement. And and again, as a Jesuit, I guess he could get called back, right? As a as a yeah, or, order priest. The mandatory retirement is it indicate based on a, in the general norm is health, or you may you know the functionality, physical or psychological. When the person is incapable of that, then they they sh- they will be retired. Uh, so bishop role sometimes is tough. Sometimes the bishop will sit down the pastor that at age and is not functioning too well and say, "It's time for you to retire." Uh, I hate to say it, but obedient will need it. Is <laughs> needed. So you know it's 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 a task. It's required. You know. Yeah, that whole obedience thing. <laughs> That's a different topic. 
Yeah. Probably too much to get into tonight for yeah. sure. Uh, just a couple current events since I'd wrote, I did some research. I thought I'd go ahead and uh, talk about this, this, this one thing. Uh, if you go to the Vatican's uh, publishing house, they have uh, created a 192 page book, uh, Strong in the Face of Tribulation, The Church in Communion. Sure Support in Time of Trial, which is a book to help us during this coronavirus crisis. Um, there's three parts to it. The first part contains prayers, rituals, and supplications, including prayers for the sick and for the liberation from evil. The second explains how Catholics can continue to practice the faith without the support of the sacraments. Big part of what we talked about tonight. And the third uh, section gathers together Pope Francis's reflections since the pandemic struck. So it's downloadable. I downloaded, read a little bit of it today. I think it's a, a great resource. Uh, it's available in English and for you Italian speakers, Italian, Spanish, and French, and a Portuguese for, for Deacon John, a Portuguese version will soon be published. So, <laughs> um, but again, it's uh, just Google it. It was just released uh, yesterday and, um, uh, Something, you know, that can help us during this pandemic. Did you have something? No current events. You I, forgot, I forgot to look stuff up for that. <laughs> what about you, Padre? I have too many current events. <laughs> you have too many current events? I can't tell you. Anything you want to share with us? How about, how, about, how about this quote? America is wired Catholic, labeled Protestant, and currently functioning as secular. Who say that? Timothy Gordon, uh, author of Catholic Republic, Why America Will Perish Without Rome. It's a good book. In the book, he recounts our nation's clandestine history of publicly repudiating yet privately relying on Catholic ideas about politics and nature. Interesting read. How bad? <laughs> Interesting read. Uh, even talks about our forefathers and how, you know, they were... They weren't Catholics. There, there's some people that think that there's a lot of anti-Catholic things in the Constitution and, and the originating, originating documents of the of the country. But he goes into how it really the Catholic thought really shaped the country. Am I mistaken? Uh, you talking about a forefather? Wasn't there a time Catholics couldn't vote? Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. In this country, yeah. Yeah. couldn't own land. Couldn't own land. Yeah, I think that's why. Anytime you see a group that's that's criticized or, uh, you know, held down because of their faith, whether that's Muslims or Hindus or whoever, that once happened to us. It's important to know our history, and it happened to us in this country. And a lot of people hear read that Elizabeth might say. Ann, read Elizabeth Ann Seton's uh, story. So it's, uh, you know, the history part of it's important. We can't... History repeats itself. Oh, yeah. It just may not be Catholics this time. It might be, you know, Muslims or Hindus. So that's all I got from uh, current events. Real quick, saint of the day. Anybody's feast day today? Anybody? Saint Fidelis of Sigmaringen. Real, he's a real popular one. He is a OFM. Is that right? Cap, cap, Capuchin. Capuchin. 
1577 to 1622, was a Capuchin, did I say that right? Yes. Capuchin friar who was a major figure in the Counter-Reformation and was martyred by his opponents in part of Switzerland, canonized in 1746, canonized by Pope Benedict XIV. That could be a good topic one week, the Reformation. The Reformation is a good, good possible topic. Um, you did say that Father Jack was a Jesuit. Jesuit. So I think that answers one of the questions. What else? Anybody got anything else? Final thoughts? It's 8.56. We've gone over 10 minutes. Fidelis. Barbara, must have, she's trying to help me with my, my pronunciation. Cap, Capuchin. 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 Capuchin? I don't think so, Barbara. Capuchin. 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 OFM Cap. Yes. That's how we say it in uh, the broadcast world now. <laughs> I tell you what, I like our new studio. Yeah, nice I, studio. I need to get you guys to talk into the mic a little bit closer. Because are, we, can, are you getting that view at all? I can. I put oh, the, I just I, I, Yeah, it, that view is available. This Have you the, used it yet? I haven't. I used it at the intro. This is, uh, we, we'll take uh, donations for tablecloths. <laughs> um, apparently, there's not a lot of heat up here either. I forgot to wear my jacket and... The sun's no longer out, and I'm cold. <laughs> so um, let's see if we missed anything here. I don't think we did. So listen, if you like the videos, hit like. Uh, if you know somebody that's missed the broadcast, there's a bunch of ways you can hear it and watch it. You can watch it on Facebook, YouTube, and you can listen to it on iTunes podcast and Spotify podcast. So, uh, you know, spread yeah, the word. Within an hour or two, you'll have it on YouTube, right? Yeah, spread the word. Again, we're just, uh, you know, we're just three three deacons. Three dudes. Three dudes. Three, three deacon dudes. <laughs> Somebody says, Father Leonard Deacon? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hello. Uh, we're just three deacon dudes that uh, don't have anything better to do on a Friday night, but try to, you know. Excite people. Excite about people the about the faith. Yeah. Good thing. Except for hey. fishing or hunting, what could we do? Well, I'm... I had a bad fishing experience yesterday, uh, stranded out in the middle of a lake <laughs> for hours. <laughs> That's my first sound effect of the night. <laughs> so, yeah, so Dallas, he, he was in a bad mood today because he was stuck on a lake all day yesterday with his paddle. So we'll be back next week. Uh, be May 1st, I think, right? It's next Friday, May 1st. Let's hear some Glenn Campbell. Oh, want to hear some Glenn Campbell on the on the <laughs> on the on the, the the exit? What's your favorite Glenn Campbell song? Wichita Lineman. I like I like them all. Southern Nights, Wichita Lineman. Uh, we heard Rhinestone Cowboy. We did. Yeah, you played. I don't know if they heard it. That was might have been when we was. Muted. Did anybody hear the Rhinestone Cowboy? I am a lineman for the county. They can hear you, Dallas. That's all right. <laughs> They love my chanting at mass too. Yeah, we need to work on that, especially especially me. So, listen, everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be back next week. Well, you got God any bless, topics? Got a blessing? Oh, sorry, I forgot the blessing. Deacon, your turn. Deacon Tim. Deacon Tim. Is it my turn? Yes. I got to control the soundboard. Okay, let me take Glenn Campbell back out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together tonight. 
helping us be community in a difficult time. We ask you to send your spirit to be with all of us to help to come to know you and love you through the people we encounter, even in our isolation. We ask you to open our minds and our hearts to accept where we are, but to continue to move forward in your grace. And we ask this through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we're going in peace. Peace be with all of you. Always. And the Wichita lineman is still on the line.